What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again. I'm your host, Minister Joy Lewis, and you're listening to Free on the Inside Ministry, a weekly podcast to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all about what God put to your hands to do. I'm so glad and pleased to be with you this morning. You know, and I, I don't take that lightly because, you know, every day is a gift. Every day is a blessing. You know, if you listen to this program any length of time, you know, we talk about spiritual things, you know, things that are above and not things that are beneath. We know God told us that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above our situation and not our situation is above us. I encourage you today, regardless of what's going on in your life, turn it over to God. I am pleased to be with you once again. You know, it's been uh, it's, it's been a drought season in my life, but not so much as a drought not knowing what God's doing, but a drought of just doing the things that God had for me to do. Because at one time, we couldn't get out and do the things that God had us to do. That's a drought. You know, I feel like the prophet that said that it feel, it's like fire shut up in my bone when I can't do the things that God put to my hands to do. You know the one I'm talking about, Jeremiah, the one that said that God knows the plans he has for you you know, to prosper you and to do you no harm and to bring about an expected end. I know what my end result is, is to have a relationship with our Lord and Savior. I'll be overjoyed and jumping with joy when he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, how do you get to know that? Because you have to know his voice. You have to know the one that calls you from darkness into a marvelous light. You know, I just want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I am excited this morning because we're getting ready to do our uh, street ministry. We'll start that up again. God has made a way where we can get with men and women that have a passion and desire to go out and take care of the needs and tend to the needs and minister to the needs and just listen to the needs of his people. Sometimes, you know, ministry is just listening. You ain't always got to be active. Brother, just tell me what's going on. Let me hear your complaint and, and your petition. And maybe at the end of your conversation or our conversation, we can go before God and say, God, won't you intervene on my brother's behalf? Won't you intervene on my sister's behalf? God, won't you enter my life and do some things that I need done in my life? Guess what? We all need help. We all need a Savior. You know, just because I'm here and doing this and you doing what you're doing, that don't mean that we don't uh, need God in our life. That don't mean that God has forgot about us. That don't mean that we devalue God. But we lift him up and we honor him. You know, I, I do a uh, online ministry uh, each and every week and one uh, message I done last week what Jesus said for the uh, for the hour had came for the son of man to be glorified I got to think it in my life and your life there ought to be a time when God is being glorified in our life when people don't see us as being that same person that we was that same person that we grew up to be and they see us being a new creation in Christ Jesus 
you know, it's time for the Son of Man to be glorified in our life. Now think about that for a minute. How would you, how can God be glorified in your life? How can Jesus be glorified in your life as you go to the stores and as you go to work, as you interact with family and, and doing uh, act, uh, family activities or whatever it may be? Can God get the glory? You know, I recall some time ago when I used to go to football games. I don't go to them anymore because it's more convenient watching them at home on, on TV, you know. But uh, when I used to go to football games, there always was someone in, in the section that I'm sitting in. And even on TV, let's take it into this on TV in the end zone. When they get ready to kick an extra point or kick a field goal, you would always see this sign that said, John 316. Always reminding me that God loved me. You know, that person brought that in to encourage the stadium, but he was also encouraging me also. It was God that was encouraging me. Even though I was doing my own thing, I had my little Kool-Aid and my little smokes or whatever it may have been, because I wasn't thinking about God. Let's admit it. I ain't never been, I ain't always been where I am today. I bet you hadn't either. I bet you can remember a lot sooner than I can what God had brought you from. But I remember sitting up there watching the football game, not thinking about God. But yet, God was thinking about me. And he sent me a little old message over the TV before the internet was popular. He sent a little message that, but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, you know what? That resonated in my heart. I think so much about how God loved me in spite of myself, in spite of all the things that I had done to try to mess this thing up. He still called me, called me, said, come just the way you are. But I'm not going to leave you like that. I'm going to bring about an expected end, and that end is to glorify God. That end is to show that God right dwells richly in your life. That is to let the world know that God lives in you. And for Christ, you should live, and for Christ, you should die. That's what you should be doing. You know, give it everything to God. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. I could wear the chains and the ornaments to show that I'm a Christian. But if I don't live that life and I don't act that like a Christian, those chains and ornaments don't do me no good. How often have we seen someone with a big old ornament that's, that's around their neck or an emblem that's uh, on their finger or on their wrist? And it's so, it, it catches your attention because it's so beautiful and it, and it looks so marvelous. But yet you get to know that person and you say, oh, my God, I did not think that they was like that. It blows my mind. That's why a lot of people don't want to go to church. Let's face it. Some people go to church and the sisters invite them in and brothers invite them in and they get there they don't want to talk to them. Or they put them on the back burner. Or they uh, huddle up in their own little section over there and the one that they invited they have nothing to do with it. The person comes to church you feel lonely. I know I'm speaking from experience. When people used to invite me to church, I would go to church there and I'd sit there in that little section when nobody come and greet me, when nobody even make eye contact with me. It was like, hey, 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 if I talk to him, he's going to want something. If I talk to him, he's going to burn me down with a lot of stuff. And I don't want to do that right now, you know. And that ain't the way it ought to be. I think, uh, as I was saying last week, when Jesus was going to the temple, it was the Passover week. And, you know, his time was near. He had been to the temple uh, many other times, but this was a time that he was going to be sacrificed. He became that sacrificial lamb. Uh, uh, lamb. They're taking away the sins of the world. They said it while he was in the temple. You know that same temple that he turned over the table of the money changes, you know, and that same temple that he had uh, rolled into uh, to, in, in Jerusalem, and he had rolled in on the back of a donkey as his disciples went and got him a, uh, a donkey that had never been ridden, and he rolled in, and the people threw palm leaves in front of him. That same week, there was a lot of things going on, but they said in this particular strip in the book of John, the 20th chapter, 
and it said that that some of the uh, uh, Gentiles that was at the temple, remember the temple had several layers. It had a court of the Gentiles. It had the women's court. It had the uh, 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 leper uh, chamber, the bath chamber. It had the Nazarite chamber. You know, the temple had a lot of different factions and functions, but it invited everyone in, but everyone didn't have that same rights or those same privileges. Think about it. Everyone was invited into the temple, but they could only go so far. They could only do so much. In our life now, you know, sin will let you go so far and do so much. People, this Christianity will let you do so much and go so far. But God said that you are free on the inside. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You're being set free. But he said that Jesus was in the temple, and some of the Gentiles saw him talking to other Gentiles. Can you imagine? And some of the people they told, they said they wouldn't told a couple of Jesus disciples, uh, Andrew and Philip. They said, "Hey, now you know this is the same two that were with John the Baptist, but now John is gone. John is dead. So now they, they, uh, Jesus called them them to be his disciples. And they they went and they saw two of Jesus disciples, and they said, "Hey, tell Jesus we want to talk to him. Can you imagine what Jesus was talking to the Gentiles in the temple? What he was saying?" He may have been telling them the same thing he told the lady, at uh, the Samaritan woman at the well. You know, he said, wait a minute, it's going to be a time where you're not going to be separated. It's going to be a time where you're going to have the full rights and privileges to go before an all-knowing, all-powerful God. And then Jesus, uh, he told his disciples, hey, the time has came for the Son of Man to be glorified. I got to think it in my life, in your life, I'm repeating it again. It's time for the Son of God to be glorified in your life. Regardless of what's going on in your life, the bills may be crushing you, but God's going to be glorified. You may be laid out from a job, but God's going to be glorified. You may be racking with pain in your body, but God will be glorified. It's time for God to be glorified in his life. And I, and I think about if Jesus was talking about, uh, he went on and said that, you know, talking about his death on the cross and how it would take, break down the veil in the temple and that way everyone could go into the presence of God. Remember the temple was set up structure. It had an inner court and an outer court. Then it had the holy of holy. It's where the tabernacle was and the whole, and the grail was and the priest did the sacrificial offering unto God. He said, all that's gonna be torn down. And check this out. I'm gonna talk about what we talked about last week on our message. It, it, it was a it was a sign over the doorpost that was uh, that was separating the various uh, the temple from the inner court and outer court. That sign said, "If any man from another country would enter into this holy place, they have no one but themselves to blame for them death." <laughs> you know, no one but themselves to blame for that. That's not like the devil. The devil said, "Hey, I, I I didn't make you go out and do that." I didn't make you spend up your money with you. You have nobody to blame but yourself. I didn't make you leave home. You have nobody to blame but yourself. But glory be to God that at the temple a veil was rent. That sign came down also. Amen. Because, you know, we've been saved by grace and not by works. At least any of us can boast. I'm excited about what God is doing in our life. I'm talking about the life of his people, the life of the ministry. And I stated earlier we're going out. Day and we're going to be ministering with another group of, of men and women. And you know, I love that because I don't do anything by myself. You may hear my voice, you may see me on your Facebook or hear me on blog talk, but I'm always with other like minded men and women that wants to do things because I draw strength off of them. I'm being encouraged by them. And you know, and as we get ready to do our ministry today, there's a young man there. And I say young, young, uh, at age is relevant. Number, I always say people are young. 
this young man is 76 years old. He had a birthday uh, this past Monday. And, uh, and, and many of him have been doing ministry. He, that's why I met him in one, one of the ministries about, uh, many years ago, long before the pandemic, you know. And here he is up in, he, he, you know, his mobility is not as good as it used to be. His voice is not as strong as it has. But we still stay in contact and we study and we pray together. And he called me up and uh, he said, uh, we're going to the ministry? I said, yeah. He said, come and get me. And, you know, his voice is real uh, real low and light. And I could understand what he said. He said, come and get me. I'll be ready tomorrow. I said, okay, I'm going to leave by 8.30 or so. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. And I got to thinking, even at his age, even with his health issue, even with things that's going on in his life, he still wants God to be glorified in his life. He's 76 years old. He could say, man, my work is done. I'm going to kick back and relax. But yet he still glorified God. Oh, 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 that's telling you and me, regardless of what state that we find ourselves in, that we can glorify God. Amen. And I got to think of this, uh, this young man, you know, as he said, he will, uh, will come on out and get him. You know, other people will see his enthusiasm, see his willingness, and see his desire. And they'll be wanting to be a part of what he's doing because he's uttering and, pre- and, and pleasing God. And I love these type of ministries because we see how men and women's lives are being changed. I encounter people at various times that come down there with no shoes, only, you know, no feet. I'm talking about no shoe. Literally, they have no shoe. They got the top of a shoe. It looks like, but the bottom is, it's got holes in it. I said, one young man came to me one time for giving out some shoes, and he said, hey, I need a pair of shoes. I looked down at his feet. I said, those look pretty good. And he has his feet up, and the bottom of it was coming loose and stuff. Oh my God! Like you know, was able to give him some shoes. I thank God for that. But then, I, at, at another instance, I seen that same young man had on a pair of work boots, had on some dirty blue jeans, had on a safety jacket, the loud bright color. And he said, "Man, I'm working now." You know, and I thank God that I can still come down here and be myself. That I don't have to dress up or pretend. And that God is still in my life. I'm still not doing the things that I know that I need to do. But I know that God is with me, and he's going to straighten me out eventually. And I said, you're on the right track, but you know, remember that you got something to do with it, too. You can't just keep making these mistakes and look for God to straighten you out. Amen. It's like that signpost so that you have no one to blame but yourself. God didn't do it. No one to blame but yourself. God didn't put that thing in front of you that you like and you crave it. Because, see, that thing, those things are just going to happen. You know, just like a, a red light. Red light's on, on various corners. You can't be mad because that red light there and you ran that light. You know, you have no one to blame but yourself. And and, and I like those kind of testimonies because I hear women that, uh, and men, women women and men, come up and give us a testimony about how good God's been to them. We don't have a guest this morning. I thought I had a guest but he's unable to show up at this time. But the invitation is still open. I guess we'll still be able to come onto this blog talk program and give you his take and what God is doing in, the, in his life and the life of uh, the ministry or whatever God put to his hands to do. But I call it number. I want you to write this number down because I'm not accepting any phone calls this morning because uh, I'm going to uh, cut the show short about it in another 15 minutes or so. But I do want you to write this number down. That number would be 563-999-3596. That's our calling number. Again, that number is 563-999-3596. 
you too can call in and voice your opinion regarding that show and what God is doing in his life. And I, I want you to know that as God has manifested his power in your life and life of the belief, that you too can make a difference in someone's life. Occasionally and always you will hear me say it. I say that always and occasionally you will always, I would say, that help change your life. Oh, I think that. Because Jesus, he helped change. Like when he was in the temple, people saw him, it changed their lives. When the disciples saw how good God was to the various people with sins and how he was able to control the elements, those sons, the wind and the waves and how he raised Lazarus from the dead, it changed their life. Don't take this thing for granted. What's the blessing that you have? It changed your life. But when you got that job, when you didn't, when you wasn't educated, it changed your life. It changed your perspective of what God is doing in your life. And so don't get this thing twisted, amen. And, you know, I thank God for all the blessings that he gives us, those little bitty blessings that are just breath and another day and just the movement of my body. And also the things that I put to my hands to do. I bet you can relate to that too. Sometimes God do something that it blows your body. And then sometimes you don't want to tell nobody because you say, well, I don't even know it. You're like, I got ready to uh, do some, uh, we uh, we had to have this lot to, uh, where we're going to do our ministry at it. It's a big lot. It's a, the size of a house. And, you know, it's a nice size. It's a lot for a house. And, and the grass had grown up there about two feet tall because of the rain that we had had it. I grabbed a little lawnmower and I went around. I looked for someone to cut it a week prior to me going down there. So, but it needs to be cut. So I grabbed my little lawnmower and and the, and, and, and the gentleman I was telling you about, he wanted to come with me too. He's 76 years old. He can't. He like he can't do anything. I wouldn't let him do anything. But he grabbed his little lawn chair. Me and he got some. Uh, uh, we got some ice water, some Gatorade, and I got to cool it. I filled it up and went over there, uh, going over there to uh, pick him up. And across the street from him was a guy that was doing yard work. He had the truck, he had the big tractor, and he had all the stuff. He, you know, and he would drop it off a couple of his crewmen in this apartment. And I saw him, and I said, "Hey, you know, you do some yard work. I got a place that I need to have cut, and uh, and, and let me have your number, and I call you up next time." He said, "Well, he said, okay, I do that." I asked him, "I said, what part of town you cut it in?" And he telling me, I'm cutting, I cut all over, I just came from South Dallas, and I'm on my way back, I said, hey, the place that I, I need cut is in South Dallas, and I gave him the location, he said, I know that place, he said, uh, I can go and do it right now if you want me to, I said, you don't mind, he said, no, he went over there, man, <laughs> he went over there, he cut that grass in about uh, 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 45 minutes or so, with his a large uh, riding lawnmower. He had an industrial uh, uh, weed cutter, a lawnmower, rather, uh, tractor, industrial tractor. He had a, a one guy with him that he was going to drop off in the South Dallas. And they went on and cut the grass at a reasonable price because they go out with having the resources to pay people to do what they do. You know, because when I try to take nothing for granted, hey, man, this is for a ministry. We ought to do it unto God. No, no, no. God isn't pleased with that because you pay that man what he's owed. And he did that, and I got to thank God. He, he he saw our desire to get out there in the heat, get out there with the resources we have, and he blessed us. And the man said, hey, I'll be over here to cut it for you. Every time you give me a call, here's, your, here's my number, and i cut it for you. And he did a great job on it. And, and stuff like that, I don't even like telling anybody. I'm going to tell you because you're my friend. You know, so I, I, you know, those kind of blessings. And I bet you have blessings like that, too. You're seeking something, and you have a desire to do something for the kingdom, and 
God opened doors. I know men and women that do a ministry and they share with me the resources that God has blessed them. They go out to buy stuff for the ministry. People see what they're doing and they say, let me be a part of what you're doing. I never made, never, I would never see your ministry at work, but I want to uh, support what you're doing because you're doing a good thing. And, and they are, uh, they are pouring to that ministry, whether it's some hygiene kits or whether it's food or whether it's gloves for the winter, uh, or socks or whatever it may be. And that's how God works. He works through the hands of his people. Amen. Remember that when Jesus was feeding uh, the multitude, prior to feeding the multitude, it was 5,000 men and some women and kids. And, and the, the eating was drawing near. And the disciples said, let's send them back to their homes so they can get something to eat. And Jesus said, no, nah, because they might not come back. They might forget what God is doing. Because God is doing a new thing. God is doing a thing to that let you know there's time for the Son of Man to be glorified. And he, a uh, little kid was around there. And I could imagine a little kid probably was following the disciples around and want to hang out with Jesus. And he had a little fishy loaf. And, and, and Jesus said, what do you have to offer them? And the little kid probably poked, uh, probably uh, stood behind one of the disciples. I bet, I bet it was Peter. Just me, I bet it was Peter. He stood behind him and said, here, I got a little lunch right here. <laughs> and the people looked at him and said, little lunch. What are we going to do with some fishes alone? This won't even feed me. And Jesus said, hey, Jesus took it. And he prayed on it. And he told everybody, he said, now y'all all sit down. And uh, yeah, I want you to disperse the food out. And guess what? And it fed them 5,000 plus the women and kids. And they got what they had to offer. I encourage you today, when God puts your hands and your heart to do, go out and do it. You may not have the resources, but God can bless you. I'm a living witness of that. How God bless me. I'm going to cut this grab in the heat of the day. I got a little old bitty lawnmower. I'm going to go out there and do the best I can. People are solving and say, man, you foolish, man. You're going to cut that whole thing by yourself. But God said, no, you're not going to cut it by yourself. I'm going to dispatch an angel in the form of a yard man with all the equipment and resources, and he's going to take care of it. But I do want you to take care of him also. And I thank God that we had the resources and, and the man was he was uh, content with what we had. I thank so much that Jesus told this parable about this uh, landowner that had a field and it was harvest time. And he went into town and he got some workers early that morning at the 6 o'clock hour at the break of dawn. And he sent them out in the field and he said, I'll pay you a day's wages. And then later on, two hours later, he went back to town and he got some more men. Said I'll pay you what's fair. Then a couple of hours later, from six, nine, and twelve, he went and got some more men, and he made the same uh, statement to them. Two o'clock hour came around, and it still was a lot of work to do. So he went and hired some more at the two o'clock hour, and then the repo done, the repo dust rather, he goes to get some more men at the last hour. They only could work an hour, maybe an hour and a half before they uh. Before sundown, and he went and got some more. And then after that, after the work was finished and the work for that day was finished, he said, because they were paying them on a day-to-day basis, like day laborers, they were paying them then. Because Jesus said it's only fair to pay a person that they don't promise them. You're going to pay them a whole lot and run around and hide and whatever it may be. And he said, hey, you got the farm together, and that pay the one that showed up first. And the one that had been here, I'll just pay for the, the last one I hired and just go down the line there just, and, then, and then let the first, uh, let the uh, last, uh, let the 
first be last. Let the last be first. That's the story right there. Regardless of what we find ourselves in the kingdom, God can still use you. And I was saying about this young man that's 76 years old, and he still wants to do ministry. Let the uh, last be first and the first be last. Amen. You know, and so... You know, this man, he may came in, he may have came into his walk of life later in life, but he's committed. I don't know if he did. We never really got to that point there, but I got to thinking that even at his age that he can sit down, but he still wants to get out and let God be glorified in his life. And they said that people was grumbling, going back to the to the landowner that had the uh, the crop that had needed to be uh, brought in. The landowner was uh, at the easy those same people come up and they start complaining. Now, wait a minute, why you won't get these people? Same thing that you gave, that you promised me, and they only been here a short time. And I've been here all day in the heat of the sun. And the landowner said, "Wait a minute, can I just, can I, am I not fair? I promise you a certain amount of money. You agreed to it, and all the rest you agreed to uh, what I what I was gonna pay. Can I do what I want without my money? I got to think it in God, and I like, you know, sometimes we don't understand what God is doing, but can God be God and I? Can we understand what he's doing? Can we accept what he's doing? You know, you may have came in this walk of life later in life, and God may be trying to do some things in your life, and you may be going against the current in people's life and saying, well, you know, you need to sit down. We've already done this before. This has been done, blah, blah, blah. And you got to have a made-up man that said, for Christ I live and for Christ I die. And just do the things that God has for you to do. I want to thank you for allowing me to share with you this morning on our blog talk program. I'm here every Saturday morning from 8 to 9, but this morning we cut it short here because we have some ministry to work to do. We thank God for this opportunity. We're going to be uh, meeting with a group of uh, other men and women to ministry. It's called Super Soul Ministry, where we'll be out ministering to the needs of God's people. But again, thank you for listening to me. Please, please, please tune in to us again and see what God is up to in the life of his people. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, dear Lord. Thank you once again for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, dear Lord, how you kept us hedged in from danger, seen and unseen. We're talking about the coronavirus, talking about financial woe, talking about unemployment, all those things, dear Lord, you kept us safe and peace. Dear Lord, sometimes people say this is the worst of time, Lord, but I beg to differ. This is the best of time because it lets you be glorified in our life, dear Lord. You got men and women doing things that they had never done before. You got men and women that are stepping out on your word, dear Lord. Let the Son of God be glorified. Precious Lord, our God, we pray for the ministry today. We pray for the men and women that volunteering. We pray for all to be done well, decent, and order. We pray that the food be satisfactory and be a nourishment to the men and women, and that your word continue to feed the sin-sick soul. We pray for uh, for uh, demonic spirits to be broken in the name of Jesus, for demonic spirits to be cast back to the pits of hell and the doors locked for eternity, dear Lord. We pray that men have a testimony of how good God is, that women be a witness of how good God is, and that the neighborhood be blessed knowing that God is ever present. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might till we get together again on this blog talk radio. You are listening to Free on the Inside, your host, Minister Joy Lewis. Amen. God bless you.